Hey there, everybody. Kevin here. Um, I never know what to do with these intros. I'm literally sitting here um, in a, a literally a two by two phone booth at WeWork recording these intros one after another. And I always want to try to mix it up or am I too energetic? Not enough energetic. You know, I know Tim Ferriss has his intro. Gary Vee has his intro. All these podcast people I'm sure you listen to have their intro. But uh, I guess I'm just here to say hello uh, again. Uh, as always, uh, I think you're in for another insightful episode. This is a interview again, like the one I did with Adrian Oliver. And if you haven't checked that out, I would go back and check that out. Uh, it is a little bit different than this one based on this, the questions the student asked me um, in the direction I go. However, um, again, th- to give you some context, I, I teach, um, I'm an external instructor at GW Business School, teach a first year leadership class. And this was spring of 2017. So a full year later that I'm finally getting this out. But this was another interview. Uh, it was for another assignment. It wasn't for the same one Adrian had to do for, for another class of hers. So the questions are a little bit different. Uh, but along the same lines of, you know, how'd you get started? Did you know what you want to do in college, et cetera? A lot of the life questions we, we always face. Um, but a couple of unique insights that I share that I have written down here is one of the first questions Carla asked me is, um, you know, how did you know what you want to do or, or how'd you find your, your quote unquote passion out of college? And I didn't, but I, I started... I went a little bit way back to give her more context of, I, I literally talked about the first day of college, like when my parents dropped me off and how emotional that was, both good and bad. And then I kind of talked about my first year because there was a time I almost, um, not that I was gonna leave FDU, but my second semester was not the best. Um, and so I had some doubts. So uh, I go there, I then also get into uh, working for myself and, and what it's like to be self-employed. So the upside and downside of that, but specifically, Balancing multiple moving priorities because any of you that work for yourself or lead a busy life of a side hustle, you know that there's never to do the to do list is never done. And so I talk about that. Um, I also ha- talk about like what happens when you get a no, or maybe when you get a yes, but they don't fully utilize you, your services, your knowledge, your insight. Uh, I face that a lot, uh, and specifically getting put in a box. And so I kind of talk about my feelings and thoughts around that, and that you kind of just have to be okay with it. Uh, and again, it's this kind of process and long-term effect that people will start to realize your potential. Uh, and this could be true in your, in your full-time job. Maybe your boss doesn't realize, you know, they've hired you for two things, but you're great at, you know, uh, A, B, C, and D. So uh, again, really good insight with a college student. And I think it's just where I'm, I kind of let my guard down and on myself and I give some very candid answers from the beginning. So enjoy this episode. Uh, we'll be in touch. I'm sure you'll let it, let me know what you think. Uh, but again, I'm putting this out into the world. I've been sitting out for a year, but it's time for, for you guys to take a listen. So enjoy and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. Go, go ahead. Okay. Um, you can ask me anything. So. Yeah, I was, I was asking how um, maybe during your college years, how did you, what steps did you take to finding your passion? Okay. Um, so specifically in college, so let me paint you. So the, the first like day I came to college, like I think as many of us, like you don't know what to expect, right? Like mm-hmm. who you're gonna meet, uh, butterflies in your stomach, or like you know saying goodbye to your, your family, friends, etc. Um, and I had all that going through my head. And um, I think the the best thing is kind of like that bandaid mentality of like just peeling the bandaid off. So like I literally remember I gave my parents a hug goodbye. I went to some like uh, some like. Uh, it was like some visual or ceremony or something, mm-hmm. and then that was when you start meeting people. Um, at that point, though, I was still super shy. Like it was very tough to like find people that you could relate with. Um, in my first year, I would say like I 
got enough experience out of FDU, so that's where I went to school, Fairleigh Dickinson University. I got enough out of that where I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back. Because I think you hear a lot of stories of people like potentially transferring or like the first year wasn't a fit or they come back home. Because I was on the, the kind of gap of like, do I just go to community college and stay at home or do I go to college? Um, so I got through the first year. The second year is when like I really, I feel like, started my journey of like finding a passion or what I want to do. So sophomore year, um, I took a marketing class and this woman, Professor Huser, Ann Huser, like, was like, all right, I took a class with her and she was like, this, this, this is the direction I want to go because I like the way she taught it, I like the marketing field. Mm-hmm. From there, I was like one of four um, people that started a marketing club on campus. Mm-hmm. So that was one extracurricular. Um, then um, I decided to become like an orientation leader that summer so I didn't go home and then from there on out like the rest was kind of history at least within college like I found my passion through like being around other people and at the same time the orientation piece the marketing club the Habitat for Humanity and like the programming committee like where we plan events like it not only was a community but like we were doing things to better that campus and so it was like helping people fundraising money and basically bringing new initiatives to that campus and I think in, within college that was my like niche or passion mm-hmm. um, and all of those extracurriculars what wound up and I think I might have shared it in class the one day is like I reversed my resume from the traditional marketing internships and put all those extracurricular on my resume which is what got me into higher ed student affairs and working with college students so those couple experiences though like actually doing what you're doing like joining a fraternity a business fraternity like I think that would be your story of college versus like the 60 classes you set through because there might be a couple that like you know left a memory on you so yeah. yeah so do you think that like your experiences in college help you help like prepare you for the real world at all they did um if i could give you like one story that came from that is so everything i do right now with my business is business development mm-hmm. sales and marketing outreach uh relationship building uh, there's a little psychology behind it there's a little like you know how do you, how do you connect with, with one with people right and so and obviously today right and you've heard me talk about in class we live in this like hyper connected world both through the phone and through like just uh, the society we're living in. but back in 2004 five six when I was in college like Facebook just came out in 2004 or five like we didn't have the tools at our fingertips Jesus, I sound like an old person, but uh, we didn't have those tools. But the story that I remember, that I, the, the, when you asked me that question, is when I was fundraising, we had to fundraise, I think like $6,000 plus for our first Habitat for Humanity trip within like eight weeks. And I did whatever it took. I, I literally, we were calling up the New Jersey Herald to get press. We were doing... Um, fundraisers on campus we were I remember my father worked for a pharmaceutical company and so like back then like trying to find some like a CEO or or somebody's email was impossible I literally drafted a a personalized letter to like some big person in that pharmaceutical company like because they were right in our backyard of the college and I was like you should donate to this we didn't get any donation from them but like I basically like did outreach to as many people as possible from small businesses to big businesses to basically whatever it took. And like when I talk about like feeling invincible, that was one of the moments that I feel like 
I like I like I told you earlier, like I was a shy kid growing up. Like mm -hmm. I was like I didn't feel that. Like I would go talk to you, I would talk to that person, I'd write a letter, I'd send an email, I'd ask for this, I'd ask for that. Um, and that was I think one moment in college that I feel like prepared me to now what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, that I feel very comfortable in certain settings where I can feel just like that. So that was one moment that prepared me I think to push my career. Yeah. Yeah, so right now I'm, I'm really interested in what you're doing, like your digital agency, mm -hmm. FYN Creative, yeah. and also Niche Movement. Yeah. How did you come about to like starting that? Yeah. Like yeah. what was the idea? So the so it's interesting because I think let me back up one thing. So when people I think our traditional working society, you get labeled with one thing, like you are a accountant, you are a uh, human resource professional, you are a lawyer, a doctor. Um, and so it's weird, like when I go to, so when you just said FYN Creative and Niche Movement, and people ask like, what do you do? I, I say like, my professional role is very hyphenated. Um, one minute I'm a digital storyteller slash entrepreneur with FYN Creative. The next minute I'm the founder of the Niche Movement doing career events. And the next minute I could be uh, speaking to a group of people. Um, and sometimes I get very self-conscious of that because I'm like, it's, it's not, I don't have a, tr I, I don't know how to put one word on it and I don't want to. I, I've come to that realization about a year or two ago, like it's okay to have a couple different things. The way I started both of these is the niche movement came first. So the six, the eight years I worked with college students, uh, I basically saw this overarching problem and theme of like they left the real world and they took the very first job or they got really bad career advice or they went back to graduate school because someone told them they could or they should. Um, but basically they, they took the first job because they saw the $40,000, $60,000 price tag um, and they were like, this is gonna be great. And then all of a sudden, like, why am I working where I am? My, or my boss sucks, my commute sucks. Or, and they didn't know how to get out of that. And I saw them go from a thriving student leader to this like, sure they had a social life, but they're like this, like. You know, they spend 50 hours a week just doing something they hate. And I was like, but two years ago, I saw you thriving. Like, the similar situation I was in as a student leader. So, uh, my friend Benet was like, you're trying to help students find their niche. And like, that next moment, I, I bought the nichemovement.com at the domain. Mm -hmm. Three months later, I started a blog. Uh, then like a year or so later, uh, we grew a contributing editor base of 10 contributing editors. So now we're up to 30. Uh, so it turned out it just started as a blog community. Uh, to then I did events, I did uh, speaking and trainings, and then I wrote a book. And the book led, led us to doing events, um, and uh, and now we just have this community where it's really a lot of our funding comes from like sponsorships for us to be able to do stuff. Like I don't make a ton of money off of it. It's still a passion project of mine. And then the marketing thing always stuck with me because that's what I did my degree in, and with all the trends of social media and photo and video stuck with me. And when I came to DC two and a half years ago, instead of doing the traditional job search, I decided let's, um, I had like one client. I then came to DC, I got another client in New York City. Uh, I then came to DC and got another, like I, I, I got all these little things that like gave me enough money to get like to one more month, mm -hmm. one more month, one more week. Um, and so I just started, so originally it was just Kevin O'Connell, people, and I think people still hire a person versus FY and creative. Mm -hmm. 
um, which I'm toying with that. Like, do I just go back to being known as Kevin O'Connell, the digital storyteller, or do I have this agency facade of two, you know, where I have two or three video contractors with me? But um, so yeah, one little project or freelance client led to then like some long-term engagements where I had like three-month contracts, six-month contracts, 12-month contracts, but um, that all led out of the work I did at Rutgers with marketing, photo, video, social media strategy. Um, and those how and and those two literally kind of were born. So this one was here, and then this came along, and then, then they just kind of come together. Mm-hmm. And so one minute I could, like, this morning I had a meeting for a speaking engagement, then I had a meeting with my intern for niche room. Mm-hmm. Later today I have a meeting for my digital storytelling business. So like, and I don't think I'd have it any other way. Mm-hmm. I'd like kind of, and then like our, our meeting and interview, like I don't think I'd have it any other way. Mm-hmm. So it's complex because it's very unconventional like getting hired as the accountant, mm-hmm. um, but I have three things that I could go back and forth with. And sometimes I think that's my kryptonite because am I spending the right time in the right places or am I focusing too much on, on the niche movement where it might not bring in as much money right now versus the practical side so so those are those are how the two businesses got started so, so cool. yeah. what would you say is like the most enjoyable and difficult part of the path um, so the difficulty is what I just alluded to is mm-hmm. the like to-do list is never done yeah so that's, but that's that's what I tell people is I've traded the, like with a full-time job and a boss and an organization, mm-hmm. you could leave on a Friday and be like, all right, I got these five things done. I met my, my metrics. Um, with me, and not necessarily, and, and I'll be completely honest, I feel like I've created a, a pretty good professional life that I'm pretty happy with right now as far as um, I found this weird balance of like, entrepreneurship um, there's some weeks I work 50 plus hours there's but like I have a I will completely say on the record like I have a really solid work-life balance and I have different goals with that and like sure I could be potentially making double or triple of what I'm making but at the same time I realized this is what I can live off of this is what I like doing um, and this is the way I, the amount of work I like doing um, but the difficulty is the do this is never done Meaning, like, I'm, my mind's always kind of going. It could hit me on a Sunday morning, be like, you should do that. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm doing it, but then last week I had 10 things left on the table I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's because there, there's, no, there's nobody over me saying, like a boss would be like, all right, do steps one, two, and three today. Or over the next month, I need you to achieve these three goals. And they're gonna help you get there. For me, it's like, I have four goals, but then a fifth one came into my head the other day and I want to do it. Or somebody approached me and was like, can you do this? Mm-hmm. And I do it. And so all of a sudden, those things I had in my, my calendar and to-do list last week are like, so it's, and maybe I need to be more organized or disciplined, um, but that would probably be the difficulty piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other difficulty piece is, is getting no's, or pe- like meaning like, it's actually more of context, meaning when I, do, when I work with people, some people don't know that I do all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some clients that they hire us just to do video work, and they're awesome clients. We do great work. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't know that I understand the back end of Facebook video, social ads, social video. Uh, like, and so sometimes I'm like, they don't un- I'm underutilized. And so I think it's almost my own like, temptation to like, want to do more. Um, 
So sometimes it's, it's having, like people don't understand the context of how you can help them. Um, so that's a little bit of a struggle. So and that comes more with the sales side of it. So those are the, those, I, those are the two or three things I would say the difficulties. Was it, what's the other, was there a second? Enjoyable. Enjoyable. Um, the work, the work-life balance, I think, cause like, the fact that I get to like spend Fridays here teaching and then I can go do meetings and do my other stuff. Um, like I don't, other than like aside asking like my wife of like, who's gonna let the dog out this morning or who's gonna come home tonight? Like, and other than projects I have, like I can de decide when I wanna work, how I wanna work. You know, if I'm up at five and I wanna do some stuff on my laptop, I can do it. And I'll be straight up, I'm not a night person. Like once five, six o'clock rolls around, I, it's tough for me to do actual work. Um, so I think the time piece is really cool. Um, working for myself, I think the, the progression of what I've done, mm -hmm. like to when I really look back and be like, wow, this many people have hired me to do X or I've gotten the impact this many this organization or these students or whatever it might be um, that's pretty fulfilling and then um, the other piece that I love actually I'll tell you the number one enjoyable moment um, so far is I have this kid Daniel he is he's probably your age he's a he's just finishing up his first year at community college here in Northern Virginia and he's been working with me for about two years now so I met him when he was in high school. He's a talented videographer. Um, he does not work for me full time, but I am able to pay him part time. And he just went out and bought a $2,600 camera to upgrade. And um, he's, been, he's been working other projects and doing other stuff, but I know that he's been saving up for that. And I know some of the money that I've been able to pay him has contributed to that. And so like for me, like that, the more people I can help do that, I have interns that have interned with me. Um, and they've gone on to do other stuff. So I think for me, it's creating other opportunities and a platform for people to learn from me and from our business and go off and do other things. So I mean, like, it's so cool, like the fact that you get to help people find their passion. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, and I think I just told this to my wife two or three weeks ago. But uh, as much as I like run a business and do digital storytelling and do all this stuff, you know, like when I come to GW and get to teach with you guys. Um, I enjoy, I think I'm a facilitator. Like I love whether it's speaking to professionals, teaching a class, I think there's a different perspective I see on like how to deliver uh, real world content to you guys. And so I, I, teaching I think is another thing that's kind of pulling me right now. Like should I be teaching at other universities? Should I be speaking more? Should I be doing workshops more? Um, which is something I'm doing in my digital business right now. We're creating these full day social media deep dive things. It's a tangent, but I feel like I can teach people what they need to do um, versus sometimes actually doing it for them. I don't know, so yeah. It's definitely something I want to do in the future. I don't want to like limit myself to one thing because I yeah. have so many passions that yeah. I want to fulfill. Yeah. And I also want to like impact somebody's life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome and I think I bet you if, you, if you haven't already, I guarantee with you joining this fraternity, you're, in three years from now, you're going to be a senior and somebody's going to be interviewing you. You're going to be like, wow, I helped that person out. So, yeah. Okay, so what are the five qualities you think you need to succeed in your career path? Hmm. 
let's see, five. Um, uh, empathy. I, um, sorry, Bryson's texting me. Um, it's all good. Um, empathy. I think at all times you have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes, whether that's a business transaction, whether it's you're a, a boss, a leader, a club president, um, and even just with your personal life, I think you have that em like empathy. Um, so I think that comes as a really good quality for any good leader. Um, I think. Uh, There's so many things, I'm trying to like put keywords on this. Um, just give me a second, I'm like, it's all like going in my head. Um, five is a lot too. No, 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 I'm gonna give you five. Okay. Um, try, um, This is my perspective. I, I would put, I would say the word complacency, but lack of complacency, meaning um, don't get, maybe it's never settled, but like don't get complacent where, with what you're doing. Uh, so always try to find ways to like challenge the status quo, look at it from a different perspective, come up with new ideas, break routines, break habits, like just don't get complacent. And I would say, that's one of the things in the, in, I would say in the last three, six months I've been challenged with is like I've gotten, in, I've built this animal for myself and I'm like, something doesn't feel right. And so I'm always trying to like, I, I need to find ways to stay motivated, especially when you work for yourself. But, so lack of complacency I'd say would be a good skill. Um, uh, the third one I would say is, is not being afraid to ask questions. So like, I don't want to give you typical ones like patience, time management, like, because that's like you're gonna hear that and that's pretty common. But like, I think asking the right asking the right questions, uh, and that could be you just started an internship and, and you're very curious and want to know more. Or let's say your boss gives you an assignment. I've I've found I've been in the same boat and I've worked with people where like they're given an assignment and they work on all this stuff and all of a sudden they deliver it. And it's like, this isn't what the client or the boss wanted. And so, but if they ask the right questions either at that moment or throughout the way, I think people are afraid to like speak up and ask questions. Or if you're in a meeting, going back to the complacency thing, you should be like, why are we doing it this way? Or um, have you ever thought of doing it like not, not being, and maybe it's more not being afraid to speak up. Um, four and five um, relationships are huge. Um, like building genuine relationships. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier in our interview, like limitless connection. Uh, we can meet and stay in touch with anybody. We can get in touch with anybody we want. I think is awesome. I don't, and I'm kicking myself for, and I'll share this quick story, but the relationship piece is issues because you never know who you're going to run into again. You're never gonna, like, whether it's somebody you lost touch with or maybe 10 years ago had a bad relationship or vibe with 
or or somebody you worked with in an internship like I'm never gonna see them again right you'd be surprised at like how many instances that comes back either in a positive way or to bite you and I think the, the quick anecdote I want to share on why that relationship piece is important I had an entrepreneurship professor uh, senior year that I had a class with he was the most practical guy like people actually dropped his class because it was so like tough and practical like we actually tried to create a business model and then like present on it long story short is uh, and he was he was an adjunct similar to me and there were like three or four of us that actually like got to know him outside of class and he offered me to do like some intern like some side hustle some part some in like some way to help him and I never like fully took him up on the advantage which means our relationship kind of like after the clash just went whatever and then we like kind of stayed in touch but then like five I think so so two years ago when I went out on my own as an entrepreneur I like LinkedIn stalked him and I found him and like I sent him a message he never got back to me like he like we went almost eight to ten years without him like he does he may not even remember me like think of like I've there's students like and I'm, I kicked myself that day because I could have learned so much more from him if I stayed in touch with him. That's my, so like just, just relationships. Um, and even like, you know, students, classmates, like you never know, like somebody might go on to work for a, a big company and you're like, oh, I have class with that person. Let me, so relationships. Uh, last one. Um, face-to-face, meaning in your professional world, you're going to send a ton of emails, get a ton of emails, you're going to do Skype stuff, you're going to do video, you're like, like specifically someone yesterday reached out, connected me, and was like, hey, can you do a phone call or meeting today, and this was just, I was like, I can't, uh, tomorrow I can squeeze in 15 min- minutes to meet you, he would have easily done a phone call, we could have easily done a phone call. But going back to that context piece of like people don't understand who I am, I have two meetings today happening this afternoon that I'm specifically I wanted to take in person because I can actually like they can get to know me, I can get to know them, we can clarify more quicker versus like I send an email, they send an email, or even a phone call, right? Like there's just way too many distractions. Like I feel like face to face communication and the more futuristic we're gonna go is gonna be crucial. Like, so smiling, looking at people, shaking people's hands, like what we're doing today. I usually could have had a Lisa come here to WeWork, but we're gonna go there and there's gonna be people that you might meet or see. Like, it's a different experience. Um, so I, and I've even stopped doing a lot of like video conference calls, video webinars, like I hate that shit. Like you can't, so face to face I think is important. Okay, so, one quick yeah. last question. Sorry that took so long to get no, out. I just, no, I want okay. to give you more than. The, yeah, I've never heard anyone give So this, I would say that's where the patience piece comes in. So like, obviously you're a first year here, but like, um, I would say put your, put yourself in as many uncomfortable situations as possible, uh, professionally, like, and go the opposite way. Like, don't, 
there's plenty of things that everybody here is going to do, like do something different. So even like joining this business fraternity, like go to, like do something unconventional. Um, so like and push your comfort zone. Whether that means like you like you're like me, like you're shy and you're like, I don't know if I want to go to this event or talk to this person or go up and shake that person's hand. Like go do it, uh, or w- whatever it might be. Um, uh, I would say that, and I would just say like there's good you're not going to realize what you want to do until you realize the things you don't want to do. And that's why I say push your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So like go out and figure the things that you like and don't like. And whether that's every week, every six months, every year, be like, here's what I did. Here are the things that motivated me and the environments I, I thrived in and people I liked working with and try to find ways to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And that's you know what I alluded to a couple of minutes ago. Like three, the last three to six months, I found a little bit of complacency and staleness. And I'm like, that's why like the teaching is calling me like other like I'm like I need to find more ways to fulfill that and to make me happy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Really Any, anything else? You sure? Yes. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode. Thank you so much if you've gotten this far. Uh, thank you for listening. Listen, um, everybody does it. Uh, every every podcaster says it. Yeah, like, subscribe, rate, etc. I'm not looking to uh, to make a living off this. So really, I think the only ask that I have is just just let me know that you're listening. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, favorite a tweet if, if uh, you see me promoting this or like it uh, on Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. Just, just let me know like, hey, I've, I've checked this out. Plan on checking it out. Uh, uh, we're checking out uh, future episodes I'm putting out. But um, if you want to subscribe, cool. Um, but I'm, I'm more interested in, in the handful of people that are, are following along and listening to some of this audio. And again, your perspectives and thoughts on the content that I'm talking about and I'm interviewing and, uh, that I'm sharing. So that's all I ask until next time. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Have a great day.